Welcome to this week's edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Hume, and I'm here to take you through the very latest news and views, hints, tips, and tricks to help you on your property journey. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers Podcast. It's the 25th of March, 2022. And it's a beautiful spring day here in southwest London. Literally, all the dafts are up, the perfect time for selling your home. And if you're in the middle of that process, I wish you all the very best. I hope you can try and enjoy it. I know it's a stressful time. The thing I always remind people is, what's the worst thing that can happen? And for most of us, the worst thing that can happen is that we're still sitting in the beautiful home that we love and the quote that we get more than anything else as agents going into properties when people move to other areas is, I wish I could just pick my home up and take it to another area. And so for most of us, if a sale falls through, it's not the end of the world. It can crush hopes and dreams, though. We know that. And, you know, buying a house is unusual in that it's a very emotive thing. It's not just about the physical bricks and mortar. It's about the imagination. It's about the power of the image vividly set in your mind of your family sat in that garden, having a barbecue and enjoying the new space in the new area with perhaps new friends, new schools, new areas, and perhaps a new start in life for you. So it's very easy to say, oh, you know, if it falls through, it doesn't matter. But the reality is it feels massive. It's a massive headache. So what can you do to make sure that it's most likely to go through? Well, the first thing, sellers, is make sure that you speak to at least three agents when getting evaluation. Do your own research too. A really good idea is to do a simple task of going to Rightmove, pinging in your own postcode, and then doing a search for properties in your local area. It won't bring up many in your postcode. So then I'd suggest you go a quarter of a mile around your area and include sold prices. So you can see what properties have been sold in your local area, what's available, and ask yourself, try and be objective. And I know this is hard because obviously you want to get as much money as you can. How do you compare with what's available out there? And if you're a buyer now, you know, stepping outside of your own skin and trying to look at this from above and saying to yourself, how does your house compare with the others that are available? Are some better? Are some worse? Where do you sit in that price range? If you were sat at the same price range as the best one you're looking at, is your house the same as that? Or perhaps it's not detached or perhaps it doesn't have a garage, which would bring the price down a bit, but then it might be extended. It might be more beautiful, which would bring the price up a bit. And trying to get a handle on those numbers is very important. But it's also very important that your agent is honest with you in relation to that price. And what you'll find is that having searched around the web quite often, I find that people have an idea of what their house is worth, quite an accurate one generally. But then other agents come in and tell them a much more inflated price than they were expected to hear, which is confusing. And the reason some agents do this is, frankly, it's unscrupulous, but some agents value higher purely because they know that they will gain your instructions and your confidence because they've given you a higher number. And it's natural to want that higher number. But bear this in mind, when an agent values your house very highly, then it's quite likely that they will obtain a very, very large number of instructions in the area and actually won't have the manpower to service them in the proper fashion. And what I mean by that is to sell a house properly, you need to do the groundwork, you need to do the homework, you need to make sure that you're checking and double checking buyers' positions, whether somebody's got the deposit they say they have, checking chains, etc. And most agents that take on everything they see at any price that they suggest end up with a great deal of stock which they can't sell and end up having to reduce the price of that stock slowly until it reaches the market level. 
Now, the difficulty with this is from a buyer's point of view, psychologically, if you see a property that comes to market and it's overpriced, you ignore it. You don't wish to view it because there are others in the range that you're registered at that are similar and therefore you'll view them instead. When that price then comes down to the correct level or somewhere near to the other houses competing in the price range, the buyers by then have already seen that your house is available. But now it's no longer that new fresh instruction that's just hit the market that everybody's excited about that everybody wants. Oh, no, it's the one that everybody already knows is available and has had to reduce its price. And this takes some of the sheen off of the property and therefore can end up creating a lower price than you would get by marketing at the correct price in the first place. So make sure that your agents, A, protecting your price and getting the best they can, B, being realistic on price, and C, not being disingenuous with you, most importantly. And when you're speaking to an agent, you should ask yourself this question. You're probably going to be dealing with this person for the next three to four months. And some of the conversations you have may be tough. You know, it may be that you lose buyers, gain buyers. There are difficult conversations that need to be had over price. Make sure you're really comfortable with the person you're dealing with. This is the single most important thing. Make sure, A, that they're efficient. B, they've got good references. And you can check that by going to Google or All Agents. There's a site called All Agents, A-L-L-A-G-E-N-T-S dot co dot UK. And you can research different agents and how they compare in terms of what the people that have used their services have said about them. Really important. So make sure you select your agent really carefully and don't necessarily go just because the number's high. And don't pick the one in the middle either. Pick the one that is most genuine. And sometimes that might be the low one, it might be the middle one, it might be the high one. That doesn't matter because actually prices of houses are like water. There are three things that are important, price, promotion, and presentation. The price point we've already talked about, that's so critical to get right. I can't express that enough. So if you're spring selling, bear in mind, you need to get that price point right. And one of the things that we do with most of our instructions these days, because prices are going up at such a rate, is that we end up using what we call our offers over strategy. And that mean, this means that if we know that a house is worth perhaps 510 or 520, 520,000 or 510,000, what we'll do is we'll pitch that house at offers over 500,000, knowing that buyers will go over that price and will compete for it. And that level of competition and activity on that particular property will drive the price higher, sometimes by as much as 10 or 20%. And that way we can make sure that we're getting the best price for the vendor, but also we've exposed it at the right price point, meaning that if you think about it like a funnel, we're trying to get as many good buyers, good strong buyers into that funnel at the top as possible so that the best possible offer comes out by squeezing them through that funnel and we get the best possible number out the bottom from the best possible person. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that we would advise going with the highest offer. We would always lay the position out to our vendor clients. We've had one just this week where we have one buyer who's already said that they'll probably want to knock down the price but have offered a much higher figure, whereas another buyer that we've dealt with before has never tried to renegotiate on price that's a slightly lower figure. So that's a quandary because the buyers said, look, if it's downvalued and downvaluation is a topic for another day, but that means when a surveyor comes along and says it's not worth the money you're asking, we will want uh, a reduction in the price. Whereas the other buyer is unlikely to do that because they're a seasoned buyer and know that downvaluations happen, especially in a busy market like today. So be really careful when selecting your agent. It's the single most important thing in my view. And also a good agent will be able to guide you in terms of not just the price, the market, 
and do the viewings for you. Take all the stress and hassle out of it, but they will take, they'll shoulder that responsibility for you and you'll feel it in them. You'll feel that you have to do less because they're doing more. And that's how you should feel with your agent. And certainly what we strive to achieve, to exceed our seller's expectations. And it's not easy to do. It's tough. And I'm not saying we get it right all the time. We make mistakes. We're only human like everybody else. But if we get the fundamentals right, number one, the price point, number two, the presentation. And we do that by using professional photography and making sure that it looks as good as it possibly can. Number three, promotion, making sure it's situated on the right platforms, including our local office here. And then with all those things together, we'll start to get inquiries. And how those inquiries are dealt with is equally critical as well. And what I mean by that is making sure many agents will say, for instance, the argument about an open day, have an open day. Here's the problem with having an open day. Unless you pitch the price really low, if you have a day where you say we're going to let everybody see it on this day and that's when it's going to be sold, what if the offer comes through and it's lower than is anticipated or expected? Are you then supposed to accept that offer? Well, many agents will tell you you should. I would say you probably shouldn't. It's a little like having a car on a forecourt that you're selling in a garage and then people come up to look at it and it's undercover all week long. And one Saturday afternoon, you unveil it and then only a certain limited number of people are able to see it. Well, of course, the price that you achieve will be less than you would have achieved by properly exposing it to people over a period of time. So I would be very, very careful about open days. Yes, they can produce results, but rather than call them an open day, because the other problem is this. If you call it an open day when you market your house and then you don't get the price you achieve and you continue marketing after that day, Everybody will presume that the price you're quoting is definitely wrong because you couldn't sell it on your open day because that's an indelible record set into Rightmove and Zoopla and the other portals. People will have seen that already and you can't retract that. So what we try and do is situate the vendors in a position where there are certain days where we'll borrow their house and say, look, can we borrow your house for an hour or two? And then we'll do viewings, not a block viewing, one at a time, give people They're 15 minutes of respect, so they have time to look around, but also enough time for us to pack in a number of viewings at that same point. So good luck to you if you're selling at the moment. It's a massive thing. We do know there are massive amounts of you second timers out there looking to sell and buy. Advice on which way around to do it as well. Always sell first. Of course, I understand that you probably worry that you might not be able to find what you want. And that's all about search, making sure that you search the areas that you wish to go to and making sure that you're confident that you have affordability. So the step should be step one, get agents in to have an idea of what your property is worth. Step two, speak to an independent financial advisor or your financial advisor to make sure what your mortgage capability is, what you can afford, and then add those two things together. You know, what your mortgage advisor will tell you is your affordability with a deposit that you can pull from your house or from your other assets. With those numbers, you now know how much money you've got to spend. And again, it's back to right move or Zoopla. Put in the postcode of the area that you'd like to live in and how you do that. I've mentioned before, but it is a really good tip is go to the area you really like. Go to the road you really like within that area. Find out its name and then put the a random number in number 15 Christian Fields, for instance, into Google. That will give you a full postcode. Then put that postcode into right move. That will give you an epicenter for a search and then choose a quarter of a mile around that. If nothing comes up half a mile one mile and so on. So you're sucking in properties with the epicenter of where you really want to be, but in the price range you want. If it doesn't suck any properties in, chances are there's something wrong with your requirement versus the amount of money you've put in. If you increase that money, you'll start to see 
other properties drop in. For most of us, that's not an option, of course. So perhaps then you change your criterion. Perhaps instead of looking for a detached house, you're looking for a semi-detached house. Or if you're already looking for a semi-detached house, bring that down to an end of terrace or terraced house. Um, or maybe look for a feature such as a garage, detract that from, subtract that from your search so that you've got the opportunity to see more property. And if none of that works, then you've got to either lower your sights or look at totally other uh, different areas entirely. Um, so I hope that's helpful to you. We're always available to you on that as well. We feel your pain. We know it's a really difficult time and an anxious time as well for many. But remember, the worst thing that happens for most of us is we're still living in the house that we love with our families. Nobody dies here, God forbid, in most cases. And therefore, you know, let's make sure that we try and make the stress lower. And we lower the stress by selecting good professionals to help us through the process. And that starts with selecting a good agent. So you can't be more, you can't be too careful with that selection. So good luck to you. And I hope that's helpful with your sale plans. Now, onto the headlines for this week. Martin Lewis has issued an urgent £800 a year warning to anyone with a mortgage. It's an article in the Daily Mirror. If you've been listening to the Property Buyer and Sellers podcast, you've already remortgaged some time ago. About six months ago, we started warning people to remortgage. Um, and we've said so every month since, actually. Uh, but what Martin Lewis says, and let's face it, he is the man. He knows about these things more than most of us. And he says homeowners should still consider locking into a fixed rate mortgage now. He said before rates start to rise even further, the founder said that in October 21, there were more than 50 mortgage deals below 1% and the cheapest was 0.84%. As things stand, the cheapest is 1.79%, equivalent to an extra £800 a year on a £150,000 mortgage. He added that things are likely to get worse due to the Bank of England putting up the interest rates from 0.5% to 0.75% last week. This week, rather. Further hikes to base rate are expected and analysts capital economics expect it to hit 1.25 percent by 2022 and 2 percent in 2023. While mortgage rates have increased in a longer historical context, they're still cheap. This is especially true of the cheapest longer fixes, which are currently at only a touch more expensive than the shorter ones. Give, and give certainty for much longer, said Mr. Lewis. That means everyone who has a mortgage which isn't already locked into a decent rate for the foreseeable future should be checking if there's a better deal out there. Even if your deal ends in six months, there are options to lock in a better rate. Well, what we would say is this is not financial advice. This is general advice. But just be very careful about a thing called a redemption penalty. These are penalties that you pay if you choose to move house. So ideally, you only want to fix your rate for as long as you're staying in your existing property. Otherwise, you can be penalized for coming away from that rate. The other option may be if you're thinking of moving and you're trapped by one of these rates, speak to your lender. They might port that mortgage for you. Um, this term port just means to transfer that rate to your new property. This is something that often happens and is worth looking at if you do need to move home. The Times reports more homeowners will be repaying mortgages well into retirement. And this is because now loans are for terms up to 40 years. Can you imagine? Back in my day, there were 25 years as a maximum. But nowadays, with the soaring cost of house prices, number of young people taking on large home loans for 40 years is huge. And the Times says the soaring number of young people taking out home loans they won't pay off until they're 70 is massive. The paper found that first time buyers will need £100,000 more in their pension pot than other generations to pay back the mortgages that run past retirement age. Until recently, most savers paid off their mortgages while in work. Now, first-time buyers can get on the ladder and take on longer mortgages so that they can get larger loans. 
The average age of a first-time buyer last year was 32, according to the Halifax, and that's up from 29 a decade ago. And they bore an average amount of 200,000. Money Facts, a research company, found that 59% of mortgage products now have a standard term of 40 years, up from 36% in March 2014. A typical first-time buyer with a 40-year mortgage would be paying off their debt until age 72. These marathon mortgages mean that many borrowers will be making payments well into their 60s and some into their 70s. Age Partnership, the largest over 55 years financial advisor, said that more clients were retiring while still paying their mortgage. About 36% of borrowers who took out equity release loans in the last year used the money to pay off their mortgage, up from 28% in 2019. Equity release loans are loans where you are allowed to, for people in later life, typically in their 60s or 70s, you can basically take out a mortgage, a low percentage mortgage, normally around 50%. This is not financial advice. I hasten to add once more, uh, but you can take out a loan which you don't have to pay back. Um, what happens is the interest rate on that loan rolls up. And then when you pass, God forbid, then the loan is paid off when the property is sold. Of course, if you have family that you wish to leave money to, this will reduce the amount of money that they can inherit, but it can free up a substantial amount of cash for those that are struggling. And a lot of people are taking advantage of that. There are many options for people in those circumstances now. And I see, given the amount of people that would be taking out mortgages until they're into their 70s, this could be equity release could be much bigger in the future. Uh, an interesting one here from City AM. Home buyers face stamp duty hikes of up to 881%. It's mainly on smaller houses. Let me explain. Since the pandemic inspired stamp duty holiday came to an end, the amount of stamp duty the average home buyer in England is now required to pay is 84% higher than it was before the tax break was introduced. And some areas have seen this cost increase by as much as 881%. Confusing that, isn't it? You think, well, how is that? But what it says is, in June 2020, the average house price was 250000 and the average cost stamp duty was £2,500. However, the introduction of the stamp duty holiday spurred an enormous surge in buyer demand and house prices climbed 17% between 20 and 21. As a result, those looking to purchase in a post-stamp duty holiday property market are doing so at an average property price of 293000 this means a stamp duty payable on their purchase now sits at £4,667, according to research by GetAgent. Home buyers in London's Kensington in Chelsea endured the largest increase of £7,223. Not that we should be shedding a tear for those that can afford to buy in Kensington in Chelsea, I hasten to add. But, and this is where the big change is, in Preston, where the average cost of stamp duty was just £33 prior to the start of the holiday, it now sits at £322. It means home buyers have seen the largest increase there of £881 as a result of the scheme. So that's interesting. House features that are more important or ever are uh, written into the Daily Express this week. And according to a survey, features such as double glazing and roof insulation are creeping up home buyers' witch list in 2022. And not surprising with the fuel price and the cost of fuel and heating 
and electricity going through the roof. The survey carried out amongst a thousand buyers in the UK by First Mortgage revealed that the top feature they want from their property was a modern kitchen. Quasiver has to be honest. We've always found that kitchens are the key. Uh, however, double glazed windows and roof insulation were also in the top three features buyers wanted. And those things are new in my experience. Uh, for those that have previously been overlooking energy efficiency when hunting for a home, this has become more important and at the top of choices of buyers wish lists in 2022. And according to the Home Builders Federation, being eco-friendly and having a good energy performance certificate and now amongst the most desirable features in a new home after access to outdoor space. In other words, outdoor space is number one. Let's read that the correct way round. And then after that comes the energy efficiency and not surprisingly so. On to rentals now. An article in The Telegraph says that tenants are paying over the odds to secure London rentals. Well, we certainly found that here in southwest London buyers are paying more than ever before now and a quarter of prime tenancies in london let by knight frank are now signed behind closed doors as overwhelmed landlords opt for secret deals that can be secured at 20 percent over asking price knight frank said the number of tenancy deals signed off market in london tripled in the second half of last year forcing many renters to pay tens of thousands of pounds in search agent fees to secure a property Between July and December 2021, the share of London tenancies signed off market jumped from 9.4% to 28.2%. Richard Davies of Chesterton's estate agents said that an increasing number of tenants are even commissioning search agents to find rental properties for them. Well, we can certainly echo that in southwest London, although we're not finding that it's about search agents because we are more blue and middle class white class. (laughs) blue collar and and white collar workers and the middle classes and uh, working classes and here what we find is that when we put properties that are live that are anything between studio flats and three bedrooms the demand is such that we have to take the adverts down after a couple of days because we're overwhelmed with calls from people wanting to view them and by the end of day one we've usually got 20 or 30 high quality already pre-vetted applicants ready to look so apart from that Garden fowls can decrease home value, according to the Express. They're saying that unkept outdoor space can decrease the value of a home and gardens have become increasingly desired over the last couple of years. Well, I would agree with that. I think, you know, there's a lot of talk about the exact amount of money that can be knocked off. And according to them, this is £6,000. It depends on who you're selling to. Whenever we're selling a property, I always ask myself one question, who is my buyer? And if I'm selling a property which is unkempt and needs work anyway, the chance of clearing up the garden is going to make a huge difference are slim. But clearing out the garden and exhibiting the available space can make a massive difference. So it is important if you do have a house, even if it needs work, that you clear out and show the space available. You know, I've just come from another house where two things. It was a a house that needed everything doing. And I said, there are two things that you can do here. Number one is depersonalize, get those photos off the wall. Uh, The particular gentleman had photographs everywhere of his family, which were lovely, but of no interest whatsoever to a buyer coming in. And the house was literally cluttered with different images and things. And it was quite distracting. And I said to him, the problem you have is that once you take those pictures off the wall, you will find that there are stains from where the sun has bleached the walls around them and it can look quite awful. So you'll probably need to repaint. But this can be well worth your while because giving the idea of more of a blank canvas rather than a cluttered space can make the difference to buyers and how they envision your property can be, even if they're doing lots of work. And, you know, cutting the grass, keeping the flower borders neat, Perhaps buying a few pots is another good thing you can do that's quite easy and cheap to do. And the beauty of pots is you can buy beautiful flowers and plants and then bring them with you to your new property. And yet they can enhance the value of your existing one quite substantially. 
particularly something sat next to a front door or something to give perspective just a few feet out from the patio to frame your garden can be a beautiful feature. Add a splash of colour and a touch of life to what otherwise can seem quite a drab space. So I hope that's helpful this week. Thanks very much for listening. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers podcast. If there's anything you'd like us to cover, please do write to me, ken at jamesalexander.com, or give us a call, 0208 679 8601. Thanks so much for listening. Have a fantastic week. We'll be back next week with another edition. Until then, take care of yourselves and your families. Thank you so much for joining us on yet another edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers podcast. You can find out more at our website, jamesalexander.com. You can email me directly, ken at jamesalexander.com. We are estate agents and we can give you hints, tips, tricks and advice wherever you're buying, selling, moving to or from. Thanks to Ben Sounds for the intro and outro today and thanks to Jack Bowles for production. 